0: This morning, we're talking about the word strong. Would you just, would you just shout the word strong this morning? Strong. All right, now shout it like you're really strong. strong. Come on, we're talking about being strong in, in the Lord. And what I'm after in this series is to strengthen you in your inner man, that part of you that is, is connected with Christ, the spirit man that's that's in you, and also in every area of your life. From your emotions, to your mind, to your job, to your marriage life, to your school, to uh, your family, to your prayer life, to your witnessing life, to your study life, to, ev- to your devotion. Every part of your life needs to be strong in the Lord. Come on. We need to enter this year. We've entered this year already, but we need to enter this year in a position of strength and not weakness. Not thinking about all of the bad things that didn't happen that happened last year, or those things we didn 't accomplish last year, and uh, how bad our family is and how bad the world is in politics and the the health care and all of that, we need to enter this year in a position of strength. Come on, we know that the whole world is experiencing problems, experiencing a lot of changes a lot of Things that uh, we haven't seen before are going on in the world. I believe that things may not get so much better in our eyes, what we see as better, but they'll be different. But listen, saints, you and I are ready for different. We are believers in God, in case you didn't know that this morning. We understand that we are not to be swayed or moved by change changes that happen in the world we are a people that understand that there is nothing new under the sun everything that is going on has happened before maybe just not in our lifetime but it's not new the things that you see are not new gas prices may rise but this is not the first time that it costs more to travel Come on, these things, taxes are high, but uh, immorality is prevalent. But it's not the first time that there's been a, a large immorality in a nation and in the world. Come on, it's been here before. God's seen it all before. We've seen it before. Because we understand that there is someone in control of all of this. We are not biting our fingernails and chewing them up and spitting them out and wondering and saying, oh my God, what is the world coming to? We have a Bible. We have a roadmap. Come on, somebody. We have the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have a reason to be positive and a reason to not be negative all the time. We have a reason to not always cut down the government and cut down politics and cut down the medical world and cut down the educational world and cut down all of those things and say, well, the world just stinks and it's all doom and gloom and the church is in trouble and there are gay ministers and people are following all kind of false prophets and what's going on in the world because everything is going crazy. But I want to tell you that Christ is in the midst of chaos this morning. Right in the midst of it. It doesn't surprise him. It didn't sneak up on him. And now he's going, oh my God, what has happened? What have I done? What have I let the people do? He's seen it before. I want to tell you something this morning that everything is not in trouble. Come on. There are thousands and millions of people coming to the Lord every day, giving their lives to the Lord all over the world. There are missionaries being sent out and churches being planted. There are marriages that are being restored. And there are mothers and fathers who are raising their children in a biblical way. There are people who are teaching kids the right things. There are those with integrity. Come on. The world is not doom and gloom like the media might have you think it is. Despite what you see on the news, we are living in a great day. I know that's hard to believe because what we do is we look around, we look to the right and we look to the left and we see what's going on and we believe the circumstances. But Jesus stood up before his disciples and the whole world and anyone who would listen and said, look, I know that if you look to the right and to the left, it seems like chaos. But if you want truth, I am the truth, the way and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Saints, this is not an awful black day. This is a great day to be our, alive. And it's our chance to show the world who we are. Come on, it's your opportunity to show the world where we live, where we work, in our family. Come on, that we can be strong and we have a strong road map. We have a strong God who is still on the throne. We have a strong attitude. We can have a strong marriage. Listen, I know things might be in trouble, but guess what? Our marriage will make it. I know our kids act a little crazy sometimes, but guess what? They're going to make it because I'm still praying for them. I haven't given up on them. Come on. There's that one we've been praying for in our life that they would get saved or give their life to the Lord. Guess what? God is still working on them. While they're still breathing, there's still time. Come on, there's still time. We're going to make it. God is still on the throne, and we are overcomers. We are overcomers. And that's the spirit that we live with. That's the strength that I'm talking about. If you allow, saints, the world's spirit to get a hold of you, you will become weak. You'll become weak in attitude. You'll become weak in your faith, weak in vision, you'll be weak in your goals, you'll be weak in every area of your life if you conform to the world. But Paul said, be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed. You must understand that being conformed is from the outside in. You're allowing outside forces to conform you to the way that they are. But when God says be transformed, he's talking about from the inside out. Come on, that's the way God works, he works from the inside out transforming us into what He wants us to be. We're not going to be conformed. We're not going to do that. We are going to be strong in the Lord and we will have complete victory. Can I hear an amen this morning? Come on. Now, this morning we're talking about the strong person in spiritual battle. Last week we talked about being strong in fervent prayer, which is really the baseline to your strength. Because God is our strength and because God is our joy, if we don't have an active prayer life to Him, we'll never understand our strength. We'll never have direction because our prayer life is not there. So we must be strong in fervent prayer. How many know that heaven doesn't want to hear someone who comes up and who's kind of half-hearted and, you know, if you want to do that, Lord, then, you know, you can. Well, if you want to. I don't know if you really want to. No. God said, come boldly to the throne. I'm your father. I love you. I want to hear from you. I want to hear it from your mouth. Strong and fervent prayer is our baseline. This week, we're going to talk about being strong in spiritual battle. All right, here's my strong person profile. Here's the definition, the profile of a strong person. Here's what it means. Strong person profile is this. A strong person is a person who is marked by great strength. Are you a person that when tragedy happens, people look to you for strength? A strong person is one who is marked by great strength. The one that the family looks to when there's trouble even for some encouraging words. A strong person is marked by moral power. Are you a person that people would say, listen, I know that that person has integrity. I know that that person has character. I know that this one will do the right thing, even when others all conform. Even when others are falling short morally, at least this one will do the right thing. A strong person is marked by abundant resources. If you feel that your resources are lacking, you have to believe God because He is the owner of all of your resources. Don't look at what you have. Don't look at your bank account or your own knowledge. Look to the Lord, whose DNA you have, whose spirit you have in you. Come on, you have abundant resources. This person is a person who is superior in faith. In other words, you'll believe God's word no matter what. You are a person that draws a line and says, you know what, no further. The enemy is not coming any further into my life, into my mind, into my situation. I'm drawing a line. And no matter what happens, I am going to follow the word of God. I am going to believe Jesus because he said I am the truth. No matter what facts I see, Jesus is the truth. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, the word of God, it is not the truth. This person is marked by prayer. You communicate with the Lord. In other words, you let the Lord know your needs, but you also listen to what God has to say. Prayer is a two-way street. Come on. We have to both speak and listen. A strong person is one who is forceful when moving forward against obstacles. You don't shrink back. Come on, you're tenacious and you're tough when you are fulfilling God's will. When you understand the will of God, you say, that's it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to move forward. And that's my prayer for this church. As God gives me and the leadership of this church vision and goals to move forward, and as he gives us our mission and our mission statement that we'll talk about next week, I want us all to grab hold of it and then come together and say, that's where we're going. And we will not be stopped. We're moving forward. The enemy can't stop us. People can't stop us. The world can't stop us. Other churches can't stop us. Because we're following the word of God. Strong person profile. Here's my series scripture. 2nd Chronicles 16:9 out of the New King James Version it says for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal in him. In another version, the New Century version, it says this. The Lord searches the whole earth for people. Are you those people that God is searching for? If you are, then you are a people who have given themselves, and not just given themselves to him, but given themselves completely. Come on. Completely to him. Why? Because he wants to make them strong. He wants to make you strong. Here's our prayer. And I'm going to ask you to participate this morning. Say this prayer with me, would you? Are you ready? One, two, three. Almighty God, who gives strength, do you like it or not? And I'll tell you this, whether you've given your life to the Lord or not, you're especially in a spiritual battle because the devil wants to keep you distracted. Now, there's five areas that we're talking about in this series. Last week, we talked about strong and fervent prayer. This week, we're talking about being strong in spiritual battle. When we resume, we'll talk about being strong in workplace mission. Important, because we live in the workplace. Come on. And then we're going to talk about being strong in spiritual disciplines, and finally, strong in worship. But this week, strong in spiritual battle. Now, we've looked at the strong person profile. We've said our strong person prayer. But now, specifically, the person who is strong in spiritual battle is this. It is a person who is strong in spiritual battle has sincerely surrendered their life to God. Listen, believing God has given everything needed to be victorious in the spiritual realm and to be strong in the stand against all forces of darkness. In other words, you come to realize that God has already given you all the tools that you ever need to be strong in the spiritual realm. It's just up to you now to access those things. In other words, when the army is ready to go to war, the government and the contractors have already provided all of the ammunition. They've made all of the bullets, all of the weapons, all of the tanks, all of the smart missiles, all that, and they got them all stocked up. Now it's just up to the army to go retrieve all that and go into war. And that's where we are. God has all of our ammunition already there for us. So don't go running into battle without the ammunition. Come on. We need to go back to the Lord to get the ammunition in order to go and be victorious in the battle. Too many of us, and I've done it before, too many of us go running into battle, no ammunition. Come on. You don't have the shield of faith. You don't have the helmet of salvation on. Come on, you got to put it on. In other words, what that means is even though you're saved, you got to know it. Come on, we could go on that, but I'll stop there on that part. But you got to go into battle with the ammunition. Here's some scriptures for you about spiritual battle Psalms 24 8 says this who is the king of glory the Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle you realize that this statement this is an exchange here I believe it's not explained in the Bible but I believe this is an exchange between the devil and Jesus and this is also could be a sermon on this but I just touch on it I believe that when Jesus died on the cross and he went down to to gather those who were down there being captive by the devil he knocked on that door come on devil said who is it he said it's the Lord God mighty in battle come on it's the Lord God I'm strong and mighty Who is the Lord strong and mighty? The Lord mighty in battle. And I believe he kicked in the door and took care of his business. Come on. The Lord is mighty in battle. Since the beginning, God has known that there will be a battle. And it really began in heaven long before you were created. When when Lucifer rebelled, the battle began. And we just came into it. Come on, the battle's been there. But God is mighty in battle. Listen to Psalm 144.1. says, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war. Come on. And my fingers for battle. Come on. These are precious hands that shake your hands. But guess what? Enemy, don't be deceived because just like I can shake my friend's hands, my hands are ready for battle. Come on. And God trained them. They're ready for battle. Second Chronicles. 20 verse 15 and he said listen all of you Judah and all of you inhabitants of Jerusalem and all of you who are at life church today and you King Jehoshaphat thus says the Lord to you do not be afraid or dismayed why because the of this great multitude for the Lord for the battle is not yours but it is the Lord's it is God's battle For the battle is not yours, but God's. He's the one who's mighty in battle. He's taking care of it. All we have to do, line up. Come on, couldn't be more simple, soldiers. All you have to do is line up. You don't have to make any battle decisions. You don't have to look at the map and say, which way are we going to go? How are we going into battle? All you have to do is line up. Line up and you got the victory. You have overcome, because he's already overcome the world. Second Chronicles 32 eight. with him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah, because he said, look, they have flesh, but we have the Lord our God. Can you think of anybody else that had this mindset? I think of a young man who went into battle with a giant that said, look, you come at me with a spear and a sword. Please, the Lord God is on our side. Come on. Now we need to understand spiritual warfare, saints. You need to understand that you're in a spiritual warfare. What I want to tell you this morning is you don't fight against flesh and blood. Now here's something that we will say amen to, but I believe we really need to get this thing in our spirit. When someone offends you or doesn't do the thing like you thought it should be done, or whatever it is, you have a problem with someone, we need to understand as saints that the battle is not really with that person. Come on. That fighting and arguing with that person is not gonna win the victory. In fact, when you do that, you fall right into the plan of the enemy because that was what he wanted to happen. He really doesn't care who's right or who's wrong. He just wants you two to engage. You guys can worry about right and wrong, but as long as you're distracted from the Lord, then he's winning. As long as you're over here fussing and fighting about things that really don't matter because you're offended with each other and your attitudes and all of that, you're not focused on what God would really have you do. And I just want to tell you this morning life church that will not be us. Come on. We can't be there. We got to straighten it out and it starts with me. Come on, can't worry about the little things. We need to get some things right and then we need to we need to fight the spiritual battle in prayer. We need to understand that there's a bigger thing going on here than just us. It's bigger than just us. Come on. Spiritual warfare is this. Spiritual warfare is a multi-level conflict. It really is. Initiated on the supernatural plane and then it's transferred to the natural plane of man. Now Satan is our adversary and works to deceive and divert people from salvation and to harass and to hinder believers by what? Wrong and negative thoughts, enticements to sin, and exploitation of weaknesses. This is what the enemy wants to do with you. He doesn't need to. Now, there is a a scripture that said the enemy comes only to what? Steal, kill, And destroy but I'll tell you the truth he comes to do that but if he doesn't accomplish that it doesn't matter if he kills steals and destroys because all he wants to do is distract if he can at least get you distracted then he's got a victory we must not be distracted this morning saints come on in your family at school at work we must not be distracted we must set our face like a flint on the things of the Lord no matter what it is in our life, and I'm talking about personally first. It starts here, and it starts in our families. Got to get that thing together. Come on. If your family doesn't pray together, start praying together sometimes. Come on. If you're single and you don't have a prayer partner, get a prayer partner. You may not have to pray with them every day, but call them up once a month and pray together. Come on. We need to get that thing right. And then in church, we need to love each other. All of us are different. We may not always agree. We don't do things the same way. But guess what? We're not going to shun anybody from church. And we're not going to argue about who's right or wrong. What we need to do is find out what Jesus wants us to do. What do you want us to do, Lord? No matter if I think it's right, that person thinks it's right, we got to come together like this. The mind of Christ. One mind. 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 10. Come on. We got it up on the wall in the elders room. We all need to be of the same mind. That's what we need to work toward. Come on. Get this thing together. We cannot go into this battle unequipped. And if we dwell in offenses, we're unequipped. If we're focused to the left or to the right and not on the Lord, we're unequipped. But here's what Paul told the church at Ephesus, chapter 6, verses 10 to 12. He said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In another version, it says, Last of all, I want to remind you that your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand safe against all of the strategies and all of the tricks of Satan. There's something very key in that scripture that Paul brings out. says, put on the armor of God, but he says, put on the whole armor, all of it. Why? That you may be able to stand. Here's what I think about sometimes when I read scripture. I think about Comparing it to other situations. In other words, if I were to tell my child or if my mother were to tell me, listen, put on your coat so that you will not be cold when you go outside. I think about, well, if I don't put on my coat, then... I'm going to be cold outside, right? That's what she insinuates. That's what she means when she says, put on your coat so that you won't be cold. Because if you don't put on your coat, you're going to be cold. Shovel your driveway so that you can get your car out of the garage. (laughs) Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to get your car out of the garage. Come on. So when I read this, and it says... Put on the whole armor of God that or so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you don't put on the whole armor of God, you will not be able to stand. You will fail every single time when you do it in your own strength and your own power. If you're not allowing God to make you strong in spiritual battle, What I hear Paul saying, what I hear the Holy Spirit saying through Paul is that you will not be able to stand against the trickery of the enemy. Now, I don't know what you read in that scripture, but that's what I see. That's what the Lord brings out to me. I will not be able to stand. I wonder why I fail so many times those things that so easily beset me. Could it be because I don't have on the whole armor of God? We need to put it all on, saints. We need to put it all on. There is a spiritual battle going on. If you remember back in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel went through the fast, right? And he fasted 21 days. But the first day he prayed and had a request to the Lord. But he never heard anything for 21 days till he ended his fast. And finally, Michael the archangel broke through and and the angel came and began to speak to Daniel. And he said, Daniel, you are a man of God. You are a mighty man. Get up off the ground and stand up before your God. You are a mighty man. He said, listen, I want to tell you something. Your request was heard on the first day that you made it. But because of the prince of Persia, he had such a lockdown on this city, I had to battle and fight my way through to get God's word to you. When we pray, if you don't hear something that very instant, don't give up on God. Don't start going your own way. Because there's a spiritual battle going on. Spiritual battle that the enemy is trying to keep the word of the Lord from you. But God is stronger than our enemy. And the archangel Michael will break through to get that word to you. Isaiah 59, 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. There's another way to read that. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard. Come on, you can read that both ways. The enemy can come in like a flood and God will raise a standard. But the enemy can just come in and like a flood. Come on. God will raise a standard against that enemy. Ephesians 2.2 2 says, In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. I brought this scripture out because there's something I want you to understand about this. And we talked about it on Wednesday night. Is that... You may think, well, my God, the enemy is the prince of the air, and he has control of the world because he's the prince of the air. You know what I mean? God is the God of heaven, but right now it seems like the enemy is the prince of the air. There's a key word in that phrase, and that key word is prince. Because when I read the Bible, it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. So while the enemy is the prince of the air, God is still the king. And as far as I can tell, the prince still is subject to the king. So the devil doesn't have control over this world like you might think when you read that scripture. Come on. God is still the king of glory and it belongs to him. We are landlords of this place. It's up to us to take care of it. But I want to tell you something, you can only go so far because in the end it still belongs to him. Come on, he'll do what he needs to do to protect it. And we need to understand there's a network of evil spiritual powers that come against you. Listen, I'm not glorifying the enemy this morning. I just want us to be aware that there is a spiritual battle. Because next week we're going to talk about, we're going to be on the same subject talking about preparing for spiritual battle. But first we must understand that there is a spiritual battle. We must recognize our enemy. We can't go into war not knowing where our enemy is, who our enemy is. Come on, we have to recognize them first. We can do that. And there's some things, that a network of evil powers that come against you. Number one, the first evil thing that comes against you is the world. The world will come against you. It's a system. I'm not talking about the terra firma. I'm not talking about the planet or, you know, the the bad winter that we're having or tornadoes. I'm talking about the system that is influenced by the spirit of darkness ruled by the prince of this world, Satan. The world system is fallen in its state and it has a powerful, subtle influence if we allow it to get in. We have to recognize it. Secondly is our own flesh. Probably the biggest one should be on the top of the pyramid is our flesh because we are our own worst enemy, saints. Come on. Our Adamic-born flesh is our own work. We're born into sin, David said, and shapen in iniquity. What does that mean? It means self-centeredness. Come on, selfishness. Driven by fleshly, carnal appetites. That's a battle that we need to battle. And then there's the devil. Notice I put him third because that's not even our greatest enemy. Really, the world, the system of this world, and our flesh are our greatest enemies. Because the devil, really, all he can do is give you thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. That's all he does thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And then your flesh conforms to it. But the devil is our spiritual enemy. Who seeks to destroy our soul and our spirit. To blind our mind. His greatest weapon is blinding our mind toward God. Come on. Is is putting the thought in people's mind that there are several ways to get to God. When Jesus said, I am the. He didn't say, I'm a way. There's several ways and I'm one of them. He said, I am the way. The truth. And the life. Now don't get mad at me. I didn't say it. Jesus stood up and said it. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man, no one comes to the Father except by me. Doesn't happen. Now Jesus said that. But the devil would trick our mind into thinking there's other ways to get there. And then there's principalities. I believe that there's fallen angelic beings that have high ranking Of power, and they're over, uh, they're assigned to cities, and they're assigned to churches. Come on, they're assigned to families. This is not some sci fi thing. This is in Daniel chapter 10, when Michael was fighting to get to him. And if you look, if you look over toward the end of the Bible, you see where uh, Satan was fighting with the Archangel Michael for Moses' body. Come on, this is real stuff. Real stuff. And then there's the rulers of darkness, geographical, territorial spirits that are assigned to certain people in certain regions. Territorial spirits are purportedly a class of powerful demons that rule over jurisdictions. We need to recognize all these things so that we're not fighting against each other. That's the point I'm trying to get you to. That we're not fighting against each other, but we're fighting against the right thing. And that's the enemy in our own flesh, our own carnal mind. Come on. We need to prepare for spiritual warfare. Listen, this invisible world exists. There is a war between God's kingdom and Satan's. We live in the presence of evil powers that seek to destroy our life in any way possible. There is no truce, there is no hiding, and there is no retarding. But here is, the, here, here is the, the, the good thing about all that. Here is the solace in all of that preparing for spiritual warfare, knowing that this invisible world exists and knowing that there is a war between God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. My dad is stronger than your dad. Come on. And when I say my dad is stronger than your dad, I don't mean by just a little bit like he works out at Gold's Gym. I mean way stronger. In fact, I could say something about you, enemy, that will just shut the whole thing down. My dad created your dad. Trump that. So while there is a war between God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom, there's no uh, doubt to the outcome. Come on. God is in control of this whole thing. But listen, while we go through it, we must be responsible to prepare for battle. And there are several things we need to do to be responsible. There are several of us that may be going through a spiritual battle no matter what it is. You know, the enemy may be coming against us in a strong way in our life. But here's some things. Number one, we need to realize that we are under attack. You have to know it. Realize you're under attack. We must each strategically do all that is necessary to become spiritually strong and spiritually equipped. We have to do it. James 4 7 says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. A lot of times we quote that scripture and say, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But that's not entirely accurate. First part of that says, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Don't forget the submission. The second thing is what I just brought out. We must realize, know it in our spirit, that in the end, we win. You win in the end. You have to know that. You can go into a battle with confidence if you're able to see the end and realize that you already win. Revelation 12, 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. One scripture says that when we finally see him for who he is, we will look at him and say, Is this The one that brought down kings and nations? Police. This guy? Seriously. Right? When we see him for who he really is. We need to realize that we are stronger. Number three, we are stronger than the enemy. 1 John 3 8 says, He who sins of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. He who sins is of the devil. For the purpose, this, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The Son of God was manifested. God took as much of His essence that He could, and He put into the flesh of a man, that we might be stronger, that we might be able to overcome. And then we must realize that we must watch. We must. Be on point. We must watch. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. This is what Paul is telling the Corinthians. And this is what God is telling us this morning. Be brave and be strong. Because we can discern levels of personal, evil, spiritual invasions. This is how we deal with spiritual battle. Number one, the enemy comes against us with spiritual negligence. He comes against us and he wants us to have this thing. We must battle spiritual negligence. In other words, we must be uh, cognizant of reading our word on a constant basis. We must make an effort to pray as often as we can. We must make an effort to not only pray, but pray without ceasing. In other words, have the Lord always on your mind. If you're at school, if you're at work, if you're at a family outing, if you're at the ball game, no matter where you're at, if you're shopping, you must make a point to keep the the Lord and his word on your mind. Because by doing this, you do not give place to the devil. Paul told the Ephesians, don't give place to the devil. To the devil. And then we allow strongholds in our life. That's what the enemy wants us to to, to be caught up in. To allow strongholds. This is if you may fall or there's a thing that so easily besets you. You say a thing that you really didn't want to say and you go, there it is again. I've said that thing that I didn't mean to say. Do not allow that thing to become a stronghold in your life. You must battle it. You must fight it. You must draw a line and say, no more. I know I failed that time. But a righteous man falls seven times and gets up every single time. This is how you do not allow strongholds in your life. What about a lifestyle that's out of alignment with the Lord? Come on, you say one thing. You come to church on Sunday, right? You talk a good talk and a good game. You quote scripture, but everything you do in your life doesn't exactly line up. I mean, if you're shacking up, that really doesn't line up with the rest of what God wants you to be. I'm just saying. Or if your attitude is bad at work, it doesn't really line up. If you're driving down the street in the snow and somebody cuts you off, I'll leave it at that. Come on now. God wants us to a li- lifestyle to be in alignment. Come on with his word at all times, encouraging people, even in our correction. There's got to be encouragement because even when we correct someone else, it's got to be for the purpose of building them up. That's got to be the purpose. It's got to be. It's God's way. It's what God does with us. I'm telling you, I don't know where I'd be if he corrected me and it wasn't for my building up. I would remain broken. Come on. Sometimes we can just get overwhelmed with life. You ever been there? I know I have. Just too many things. I tell you what, when I'm in my my office and there's projects that come and they just keep piling on and just when I think I got a handle on it I get another phone call and this thing needs to be done and just when I do that the boss comes in and say oh by the way this needs to be done and you need to do this before you do all the other stuff and there's just a pile of stuff I come to points in my work life where I just say, I just don't know what to do, so I don't do anything. I go on break because it's just so, you know, what you shouldn't do, but it's just, it's just too much stuff, you know, and you, and you just can't, you don't even know how to attack it. You're just overwhelmed. Well, we can be overwhelmed by continual attack, harassment, and temptation. Isaiah 59, 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy comes in. Come on. Like a flood, God will do what? He'll raise that standard for us. We also live under demonic oppression sometimes. But God has freed us from that. The thing with this one is we just don't realize sometimes that we're free. That's why we sing that song, I know who I am and I am yours. You've got to know in your knower who you are. Otherwise, you will live under a demonic oppression. Understand that, yes, John 10.10 says that the devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And guess what? Not only that, but I'm able to exceed abundance in your life exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Come on, Satan has a strategy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy specific things that he brings against you. And I'll leave you with these few points. I won't preach them all, but listen, he has a strategy of evil schemes that come against you. The world's wiles, you know, and the wiles of the devil, he uses those things, methods to come against you. But we read it in Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand the wiles of the enemy. Be able to stand against the devil's evil tricks. Stand against his tactics. He has a strategy of taking advantage of you. How many know the enemy will take advantage of you? 2 Corinthians 2, 11, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant to his devices. And then number three, strategies revealed in his names. Realize this, in his names. You know what the names that we have given or God has given to the devil mean? Devil literally means accuser. His strategy is revealed right in his name. He's an accuser. That's what he is. And you know what we do as people? Come on, think about it when you read the news. Once somebody is accused of something, everybody else, oh. We line right on up, don't we? MSNBC Fox News whatever it is once they kill well no see and then they they talk more and get you on their side that's what the devil does he points fingers see see and he gets everybody else to go well you know that that is I I did see that one time he's an accuser come on the word Satan means adversary I mean he means he is not your friend do not ever feel sorry for Satan He is your adversary. In in 1 Thessalonians, Paul said, Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again. But Satan hindered us. He is your adversary. Peter said it like this. He said, Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Come on, he has a temper. And he is the tempter. He's mad at you and therefore he tempts you. That's what his name means, the tempter. His name also means liar. His name means serpent. That means he's crafty. It means he's an angel of light. What does that mean? Deception. He's there to deceive us. The enemy comes against us in so many different ways. But here it is we don't want to glorify the enemy. My 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 purpose this morning was to get you to realize that you are in a spiritual battle. And all these things that come against you. My daughter was was saying the other day she yesterday she was walking up the steps and fell up the steps. I don't know if you've ever fallen up the steps. It's kind of hard to do, but that's what she did and and then um she burst out crying. Now, she wasn't hurt, but she was, you know, kind of yelling and screaming and crying. But well, first of all, this one is dramatic anyway. So I didn't know if she was acting out a play or, you know, she's the walking musical. Uh, you know, she could be acting. Oh, father, you know. And uh, so then I said, why, you know, are you okay? She was all right. Why, why all the drama, you know? And then, uh, you know, and then her mom had told me, well, she fell down the steps the other day. And, you know, and so this is, she'd fell, fallen up the steps and she was saying, oh my God, just, every time I walk the steps, I just fall the steps. Oh, it's so doom and gloom. But what I told her is I said, listen, honey, sometimes people just fall down the steps. It's all right. You will be able to get over it. Don't worry about it. Don't let this thing get you down. And I believe God is saying to us, there are things that are going to come against us in our life. Come on, your enemy is going to magnify it in your life. But don't let these things get you down because you are an overcomer.